0: From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly-Parker and Noelle Rhodes. One of my favorite things to do is read by the pool. You don't have to have a pool to enjoy a good book, but you do have to have, well, a good book. So join us as we talk about the books we've been reading, why we recommend them, and what's next on our list. But before we get started, let's ask our friends of the show what they're reading.
1: So the other day I picked up a book called The Obesity Code, or Unlocking the Obesity Code. I'm not sure really what it is, and I am psyched about it because in my quest to really live clean. I also want to eat clean. And I know that a big part of that is examining what's in our food and most uh, poignantly sugar. And so this book has really helped me to anchor why it is that I feel like I need to do certain things in my eating. So I'm really psyched about that.
2: I recently read... um a book called Jesus Outside the Lines, A Way Forward for Those Who Are Tired of Taking Sides. And the author is Scott Sauls, and I love it. It's the kind of book that I wanted to buy and just hand out to people. And um, it's just, it's kind of an issues-driven book, but it's really looking for um. I guess just a place of truth and grace is, um, well, and, and really the author is looking at Jesus and kind of not so much where he would fall, you know, in which camp, but showing that he would probably, you know, there's truth found on both sides of most of the dividing issues of our day. And so this author recognizes that in Jesus, which is really cool. But obviously, you know, in that recognition, he really displays um, a lot of objectivity. And I think the book is just really focused on, you know, as a believer, following Jesus and not trying to affiliate with one side or the other, um, which is just, I think, a natural human response. And the more heated the issue, the more we want to find our camp because it's safe. And um, so he just really holds up Jesus as a model. And, um, it's it was very encouraging and hope-giving to me um because you know it was something that i feel like I, i've experienced you know i just don't fit neatly anywhere anymore and um in terms of you know some of the the issues that people are wrestling with and i've i've felt frustrated because i feel like on the one hand you have people who you know are very um passionate about inclusion and love, which I do think is so Christ-like, but sometimes at the expense of the, of truth. And then, of course, you have the other side um, or the other extreme where people are will sacrifice love and grace and compassion in the name of truth. And so I think that this book just really um, shows that Jesus wasn't one or the other. He was both. And he did a just a masterful job I'm showing that. So I hope that's helpful. Hey, this
3: is one of my favorite questions to ask. I love to ask people what they're reading and I'm always looking for good book recommendations. And it feels like I always have a little pile of books next to my bed that I'm trying to dig through. So currently I'm reading the book of Ephesians with a commentary that I downloaded for free from the Amazon Kindle cloud reader, which is pretty cool. And then I'm also reading one head book and one heart book. So the head book I'm reading is called Thinking Fast and Slow by David Kahneman. He talks about the two types of thinking that our brain does. The so one is the fast, reactive thinking, and the other is the slow, reflective thinking. And he talks about how they work in uh, contrast to each other or how they complement each other and gives you some tips of how to just be a better thinker. Then the other book I'm reading, The Heart Book, is actually a novel. It's called The Boys in the Boat, and it's about a um, crew team from the University of Washington that ends up going to the uh, Olympics that were in Germany during, like right before World War II. And it's just a really fascinating account of this crew team and the individuals and their lives. And um, the author is really, I'm only about halfway through, but the author is really good at creating the fullness of the picture of what actually was going on and what life was like back in their day.
0: All right, guys, so let's just jump right in and talk about some of the books that you guys have been reading. Um, I know, especially for the summer months, I like to have my Kindle full of things to read mm-hmm. when I am at the pool or watching my kids play in the park. Or I like to have an audiobook in the car when we're traveling throughout the summer. So um, I need some suggestions. So that's why we're here together is so that we can give some suggestions to each other, but also to our listeners. Yeah.
4: I'll go first.
0: Okay, so this recommendation comes from
4: my mother, whom many of my friends call Mrs. P. And Mrs. P is an avid reader. She always has a book in her hand. And she said to me, Noelle, I've got a book that I know you'll love. And it's called Hillbilly Elegy, A Memoir of a Family and Culture in Crisis by J.D. Vance. And it is excellent. It is basically, it is about... um, the culture and the history of uh, families that live sort of in the Ohio, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, even New York area. But it's about one, one, one man's kind of memoir, J.D. Vance, and it's really well written. It's very accessible. Anybody can read it, but you will really come away with having a greater understanding of American poverty. So. I'm loving it. I'm almost done and I highly recommend it. It is nonfiction, but it's it's very entertaining too.
0: Yeah. I've heard great things about it and everyone's saying the same thing that you've said about it. I am actually, I think, on the wait list for it on audio at my library.
1: Cool. I think I might try it too. I've heard a lot about it.
4: Really good book. If you want to have a summer book club.
1: It's yeah, a great book club book. We we do a couples book group once a year, oh, fun. and so we, yeah, it is fun. And we did what we were thinking about "Hillbilly Elegy," and I don't know what caused us not to do that. I can't remember what the decision was. So we decided to do anything. LBJ is what we're calling it, um, and so it's 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 not just um, a book. It can be a movie, like HBO did a movie called All the Way on LBJ. And, um, and funny enough, my daughter was the assistant director of that show at um, Arena Stage in D.C. last year. So I'm familiar with it. Is
0: LBJ Lyndon LBJ. B. Johnson? Lyndon B. Johnson, okay. yeah.
1: And it's about his... Um, there's another book that... So people are doing different things, but we'll all be talking about, I guess, LBJ's approach to... Um, you know, civil rights and how he managed to get things passed that were nearly impossible to get passed at the time. I mean, it was a greatly divided um, government between Democrats and Republicans. Sound familiar? Yes, it does sound familiar. Very relevant um, in terms of that. So, the other book, and I'm actually going to listen to this one on tape with my husband, is called Masters of the Senate by Robert Caro, and it's supposed to be really good too. So, we're getting a lot of LBJ. Um, information and, and interestingly um it does cross over a little Noel, because i think it gives a picture of um of, you know history the united states history and it actually does also give a picture of um lbj who was raised in extreme poverty apparently and mm. so you know that's sort of um not, not sort of that. Definitely shaped part of who he was, and it's yeah. an, it's just an interesting story about a man who you just don't hear that much about, and yet he was really um, critical in the civil rights uh, movement advancement. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Ooh, that having sounds a, good. Yeah, having a nice dinner and coming together, and we'll discuss all these books and um, and movies.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I I like the idea of a couple's book club. Mm-hmm. That sounds mm-hmm. super fun. Usually, it's well, just our, the ladies. And our
1: book club is usually ladies all year long, but then we have a couples one um, at the end of the year, usually sometime in May. So it's fun.
0: Oh, I love it! Really fun. Why not? Right. Well, I have a nonfiction history on my book list as well. I just recently read The Zookeeper's Wife. A war story, yep.
4: Um,
0: I haven't seen the movie, so um, a couple friends of mine decided that we were going to start reading books that were going to be turned into movies, and we were going to mm-hmm. have a daytime book club. We would read it, talk about the book, and then go to the movie, like in the middle of the afternoon while our kids were in school. How indulgent. Love
4: it. We, mm-hmm. only,
0: we only actually went to a few of the movies last year. We actually haven't gone to any of the movies this year. However, we've kind of been reading them sporadically. It's not really... Well organized, but every once in a while we'll we'll get together and talk about these books because we are reading them. Um, so I thought it was a great book. It was another example of history um, that I would even venture to say that we sort of know. I mean, for me personally, this is um, takes place in Poland, and mm-hmm. it's the story about a zookeeper and his wife who hide Jewish people during mm-hmm. the war. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I know what went on during that time, but I really don't. Like, there's Mm. so many stories that I feel like haven't been told or that I just haven't heard. Like, I know what I've learned in school. I know what I've learned for a couple documentaries. I know what I've learned. But I don't, you know, this to me was enlightening because it was about Poland and what Poland was like while it was being occupied during the war. And Mm -hmm. just how they... um not just in terms of what they did with the Jewish ghettos, but, like, even Poland itself. I mean, they came in and they stripped it of everything they thought was valuable to them, the Germans, to take it back to their country. Mm-hmm. And to the, you know... And they just ravished the zoo, took the animals they thought were important to them, oh. you know, like, just kind of this... Just It was just a peek into something that you just don't read about in history books. Mm. And it's all true based on um, the zookeeper's wife's journals. There's photographs in the book. And it was told well and that the story moved along. It didn't feel like a history book because a lot of what was written was based on her research and her studies and I think maybe a few interviews here and there. But she had just enough dialogue in it that it kept it interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so it didn't feel like yeah. a
0: history read, but I thought it was excellent. Yeah, that
1: sounds like an interesting way into that uh, country at that time. Yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm trying Love to it. think. There's another one. I don't know if we'll be able to get to this thinking wise, but um, remember there was a a movie which I believe was a book first that was told through the experience in Hungary. Does anybody remember what that movie was?
0: Mm-mm.
1: It was just so interesting because I think. You know, the book thief, right?
0: And not the pianist. I like that one for the the same reasons that book thief. Because it told the perspective of what it was to be like to be in Germany and be oppressed during the time that this was all going on.
4: No, I was going to say, it's interesting to read books about that time. I mean, recently I was, not recently, but last year, I was a research assistant for a book
0: that's going to be published
4: next year, but I can't say anything at the time. time, But um, next year, I'm sure we'll hear all about it. But we had to read a lot of these books. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to hear about the different countries' perspectives. Right, right. Some of these countries were very compliant with the Mm. Mm anti-Semitism. And so, you know, it wasn't just... It wasn't just that Germany was so anti-Semitic; there were actually other countries that were too, and were quite happy to persecute oh. the Jews, kill the Jews, steal everything. I mean, so you don't really see that again, like you were saying, uh, Christina. Oh my gosh, Kimberly, <laughs> as you were saying, as you were saying, Kimberly, that there's this idea that it was just the big bad Germany that was doing everything awful. And yes, there were some terrible things that happened with Nazi Germany. But although there's other countries as well that did some pretty horrible things during that time and were compliant right. with the Nazi mm-hmm. ideology.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, I think again, I think it's very interesting to, you know, we get this sort of flat experience through school of what yeah. it was like and kind of just what you described, Noelle, that perspective that Germany was the all bad place and. Yet, if you if you study different or read different books that kind of capture a particular country, uh, you really get a different picture. And I'm thinking, you know, that amazing classic um, from Corey Ten Boom, uh, The Hiding um, Place. And I believe that was Amsterdam, right? Was she, wasn't she in Amsterdam? So. Yeah. And then that's there's that perspective. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it is a terrible, fascinating time in our history. And um There are so many angles and ways of of hearing about it and reading about it. So it's quite fascinating, um, you -hmm. know, with with many different books. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what else, Noelle, what else are
4: you reading? Okay. So a a book actually that Kimberly recommended to me to read Mm -hmm. was a book called Eight Great Smarts, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences. I think it's by Kathy. Is either it's either Koch, Coach, or Cock, or K O C H. I don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent read. I would recommend any parent, uh, specifically if your child is in the elementary years, although uh, really any child of, of any age, um, to read this over the summer. It's a very quick read. It's not super long, and it's a great way of exactly what it says discovering how your child is designed how they learn and how they connect mm-hmm. in relationships mm-hmm. but the cool thing about this book i didn't even know I don't, kimberly i don't know if you knew either mm-hmm. that the woman who wrote the book is a as a believer she loves the lord and in the book she talks about these eight great smarts and how each of these sort of intelligences connect with the lord so like if your kid is super visual or super kind of um you know arty like she gives you great examples of how you can help them develop and nurture their relationship with the lord Mm -hmm. so for me both my kids are very visual and i went out and bought them the minecraft bible and the the i think it's like the graphic bible the it's a comic book version of it for both my kids because they reading is not their strong suit so they need pictures. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I mean, it's it's kinda of funny because I'm a bit of a stickler With translations and Troy was making fun of me, my husband. He's like, Look, you have the Minecraft Bible. You've clearly you've clearly lowered your standards. But, but I think
0: it's an NIV. I, it's not it's not a wonky it, it, Yeah, yeah. I have we have that one.
4: Yeah. It's not that. It's not that. I'm just I'm just a snob <laughs> when it comes to Bibles. But um he was just making fun of me. But from this book getting these Bibles, I have seen my kids read their Bible on their own. And, you know, Mm. that's huge. I mean, they're 10 and they're eight. And I really want them to be people who read the Bible for themselves, you know, not just because I'm telling them stories or because they're in, you know, a Sunday school, which is all good things. But I want them themselves to learn how to feed themselves and look for the answers in the Bible. And I'm telling you, understanding how they're designed and realizing i got to get them with pictures i got to get them something with pictures mm-hmm. and then they'll be able to connect this has helped them in the relationship with the lord but also there's other things in in this book that's taught me how i can best equip my children to not only have a better educational experience but to really under you know uncover their giftings and the way they're made hmm
1: yeah i think that sounds awesome Love it. I, in fact, it's funny because um, I'm thinking, you know, obviously my children are grown up, but I still would, would be interested to get that perspective.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's one of those books that even if your kids are grown, it's very helpful, even in relating. Like my son is always humming and singing, and I would have never thought that he was a musical child because he's hearing impaired and music can be mm-hmm. difficult for him. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning, okay, he connects with music. So when he's singing and he's humming, there's something going on in his brain. There's yeah. a lot of neuroscience in the book. And it's instead of me shouting at him all the time, And being like, stop that noise. It's driving everybody nuts. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you thinking about? And then he's like, oh, I'm just thinking that I'm happy and I'm excited for this project. And he's communicating and processing with music. Mm. So it's a really good book to read over the summer as you prepare for the next school year. It's a great book to read if you're just wanting to learn how to connect with your child and learn ways that you can encourage them. So Kimberly recommended that book to me and I found it to be very, very helpful. It's mm, still in good. my
0: nightstand. <laughs> I've re- I read a couple excerpts of it, but I, I'm going to move it up on my list. Because mm-hmm. it's definitely something oh, yeah. I think would come in handy. And I've already, I've already talked about some of the things I've learned skimming through the book with my husband, and it's been pretty productive conversations about our children. So I can only imagine what it would be like if I actually read the full book.
1: Mm. It always helps to have a better understanding, I think, of, mm-hmm. of our children and other people as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know. We're all made a little differently. Um, Do you want me to tell you another book that I'm reading? Yeah. Okay. So which one shall I tell you about? I think I will start with um, Lisa Turkhurst's Uninvited, Living Loved When You Feel Less Than, Left Out, and Lonely. And um, (laughs) let's just say um, Feeling Less Than, Left Out, and Lonely is my sweet spot, which is not a very sweet spot. But... um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely a book that res- that I can you know totally relate to and it resonates um and I'm, I'm thankful I'm a little further along on the journey but i just i just think Lisa Turkhur is a really insightful writer. she just happens to land on something so often that I may be dealing with <coughs> excuse me I think we'd be good friends um and you know i I just love um she does a lot of great stories about uh how she's experienced rejection and, um, even like there's a chapter called 10 things you must remember when rejected, you know, just very practical. Um, and yet there's a lot of godly, you know, there's, there's step-by-step for living in this world. There's also a lot of underlying, um, you know, Brokenness that she sort of addresses, and excellent scriptures to go along with them. You know, the truth. What does the Lord say? Um, so, I, I just really am enjoying this book. Um, and of course, she has a way with language. You know, she does a lot of uh, alliteration and, um, as she calls them, sticky statements. So, um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm really, I'm really enjoying that book.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's see. So something I just got finished reading was At Home in the World, Reflections on Belonging While Wandering the Globe by Tish Oxenreiter.
4: Mm. Um,
0: I really loved her first book. Mm, what was that? Notes on a Blue Bike. Ooh. Oh, I should, have no, I should have had that one down. Um, I really loved that one. The first one she wrote was about intentional living, and it was a little bit more... You know, where she's giving me this perspective. Notes from a blue bike. She's giving me a perspective about intentional living, living slow.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: it was very message-driven. This one is um, more about her experience when she was traveling the world with her family. Mm-hmm. They did a year-long trip around the world. They worked f- remotely. They world-schooled because uh, she homeschooled. So she was able to just educate them on the road and... Um, I found it fascinating because we just came back from our trip abroad and so I was a little bit more inclined to read it than maybe I normally would and I just love, I loved hearing about her adventures but I think that last chapter really wraps it up and really ties Mm. the bow on it for me and helps put into perspective this longing to travel and this longing to be in other places but also our longing to be home and in the comfort Hmm. of, you know, our everyday. So I just thought that was a great book. That is definitely um, a poolside read for anybody that has the travel bug, that's thinking about traveling somewhere. You could definitely Mm. get some good tips about culture on there and tips about maybe some things to see. You know, like as I'm reading that, as I was reading it, there were some countries that... Like, for example, I just came back from France and I think she mentioned something that I never heard of. I was like, oh, my gosh, I never came across that in my, you know, my research for my itinerary. So not only is she giving you um, ideas of what to do, but she's also talking about the culture and the adjustments they had to make and how even as her, her family and her children had to do things differently and what it was like to be in places where you could it's hard to communicate and where you had to adjust the way you do things to the culture Mm -hmm. and the country you're in.
4: That sounds cool. I want to read that.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it.
4: Okay, so the last book is a kid's book that I'm going to recommend. And it was recommended to me by my friend, Jamie, who is a counselor, a uh, guidance counselor in elementary school. Because I was talking, about, talking to Jamie about my fear of my children being sexually abused, and particularly my son, because he has special needs. Mm. And there's a high... Unfortunately, there's a high statistic of special needs children being um, sexually abused. So she said, Listen, I have a book that you should get for your kids, and it's called God Made All of Me, a book to help children protect their bodies yeah. by Justin and Lindsay Holcomb. And it is excellent. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I really, if you have grandkids in your life, your own kids, if you're an auntie, um, you should get this book for the for the children that you love in your life because it's a great book that really just explains things very well in a way that children can understand about how they can protect their
0: bodies. So it's for them. So it's written for children. It's for them.
4: It's for them and it's for you to read to them. And it was good for me because i can be a little bit fear based sometimes yeah. like i could come across as very like anxious and worried about this and so my, my kids pick up on the fear and it like that overshadows everything. Whereas I could just read this book to them. And then at the end of every page, I would say, do you have any questions? And then we could talk about it. So it gave me a really calm base to work from. Yeah. As opposed to me being like, if anyone ever touches you, this is, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is what you do. But this was a book that was like, okay, this is a book that a lot of kids read to help them learn how they can protect their bodies. And so, I really loved it. it it is a picture book, even though my son is 10, I really feel like to be honest with you, you probably could read this to your kids until they're 14. And they may feel awkward a little bit, but it's going to give them some really powerful, practical ways that they can protect themselves. And, you know, talks about secrets. I mean, it's just a really good book. And I'm okay. really grateful that she okay. recommended it to me. So it's a good one to read, especially if your kids are going to camp this year or, you know, anything. If this is something okay. that you're worried about, it's a good, good book to read.
0: So how long is it? Is it something you could read in one sitting with your children? Or is it something that you, like, read a couple nights in a row?
4: So I read it in one sitting with my kids and then what I did is a month later I pulled it out cuz she recommended me to pull it out again and read it again to them. And they, it's funny, it's a it there's no like inappropriate pictures or anything like that in this mm-hmm. book. Like, there's no like naked uh, bodies of kids cuz sometimes there are those books. But I let my kids um they kind of they they there's something about the book that they like in the sense that they talk about you don't have to hug a stranger. You know that you don't know well. You get something right. You like you see a, a family member that you haven't seen in 25 years, and you make your kid hug that person because they're family, right? Right. So she talks about that and all that stuff. So like Olive will go back to it, right? And she'll open up to that page or some page, and she's like, "Mom, I have a question about this." So it gives her the visual again to ask me the question, mm-hmm. and then that's same good. thing with Silas. So they both kind of like go back to it. And they'll pull it out and they'll ask me questions about different things. Like he pulled it out, um, I think, two weeks ago and said, Mom, what about surprise parties? This book says that secrets are not okay. But what about surprise parties? So we were talking about the difference between a surprise and a secret. So it's a really good conversation starter. Mm. But again, it gives them the visual to know where to begin with their question. Because I think sometimes they don't really know how to vocalize their thinking. So I really recommend it. It's great.
1: Mm. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Okay. So another book that I have been reading, and I've also been doing this as a book group study, which is kind of fun. um, It's called To Be Told. God invites you to co-author your future, and it's by Dan B. Allender, uh, PhD. And this book is um, really it's 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 being led by a minister in a local church here. And so he's got the whole workbook that goes with it. But it's a really nice approach to um, looking back over your life, seeing where you've been, and seeing where you want to be. And there's, as I say, with with the um, workbook that the... The pastor is bringing to the table it's been great to there's sort of those diagrams with circles like who are you and who do people say you are and um how does this reflect on your story and um we're getting more and then at the end there's always like a great exercise um to help you to help guide you write your story help guide you as you write your story i'm dropping my little book here um and he and he talks about also um he kind of goes there in terms of some negative stuff. In fact, the comments from the group have been maybe sometimes, um, that he has a sort of negative perspective. I don't find that to be true. I find him to be very real about our, about our life. Um, there's some, there was one line that he said that was so great and it was so, Simple. I almost feel like I shared it with you guys another time, but it was about how um, how do how do we live out the things that are most important to us, which is definitely an issue. You know, one of my hot topics. I love Mm -hmm. that stuff. And he talks about looking at himself in the mirror and. He talks about thinking about who he is and he pictures himself and he sees himself as like a middle aged man who's in great shape. And then he looks in the mirror and he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm not a middle aged man. I'm beyond middle aged and I've actually put on quite a few pounds here. And then he says, you know, I say that this this uh, being being in shape is a very high value for me. And yet. (laughs) there's something else that's higher for me and maybe it's just eating. Um, So of course that resonated with all of us, but we are, we are about halfway through the book and now we're moving into more of the meat of the actual um, telling your story. So I think it's going to be fun um, to, you know, dig in together about write our stories, recall them. And I, you know, I am so about knowing your story because um, I really think, I think, you know, the whole know yourself is not about, as my father used to say, navel-gazing. It's really about, I mean, it can be. It can be just, you know, we're we're obsessed with ourselves, but my thinking is um, we're responsible for knowing ourselves, for knowing where we've been, for knowing why we do things. And that all has to do with, in my opinion, sort of looking back over your story. It's it just, it, it's so informative. And so, um, again, this book kind of helps you do that. It's an older book. I think it was first, um, excuse me, put out in in the 90s and updated in the early 2000, 2005. Okay, that's when it was, but it was originally 19, 1996. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good book and I recommend it. And I recommend people knowing what their stories are so that they can sort of, track their uh brokenness or patterns or uh, mm. god's nice. healing where he's been where he's shown up and where how he's been a part of um our story and really uh dan allender's um part of his what he's saying is that our stories are god stories like they just are god is is the author and we co-author it with him so i think it's an empowering book i like that yeah mm-hmm kind of workbooky, but not, not not something you just kind of read through, you know?
0: So I have a fiction book that I read again along the lines of book to movie. So it was on our list of things that were a movie this year. I think the movie came out in March called Before I Fall. It's hmm. a young adult book and let's see. Um, I think the reason why I liked it so much is because it really centered around a group of friends and having Mm -hmm. you know being a big fan of the friending podcast and talking to Noelle about what she's learned about friendship and what we've talked about here in the podcast well reminding myself what high school used to be like so there's a group of friends Mm -hmm. the protagonist in the book and this is something that you find out right away I'm pretty sure it's on the cover dies gets killed in a car accident and is reliving that day over and over and over again. And so every day she's kind of confronted with, like, once she figures out what's going on, she's like, okay, well, I know what's going to happen, so how can I change this, right? And Mm. she tries to change it, and then ultimately she ends up changing some things that maybe are unjust within Mm. the circle of friends and stuff. And um, it just... For me, I connected with it because I have young daughters. I have a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old. My 13-year-old is going to be in high school next year. And just so impressed upon by the little things that people do that can affect other people's lives within Like friendships and within like how we jockey for position and how we are Mm. so mindful about who likes us and who we're included with and how people see us. And so it definitely was a page turner from just a pure, you know, fiction perspective. But it was just eye opening in terms of what I've been learning about friendship and then knowing that my girls are about to go into that phase where the Mm -hmm. stakes are a little bit higher than they've been before. So it's called Mm. Before I Fall.
1: Mm, Sounds interesting. Um, It reminds me, I read a a book that is actually fiction, which doesn't happen a lot for me, called um, Ladies of the Lake. Mm -hmm. And um, that was, it's a book by Haywood Smith. And, you know, also about relationships, but among sisters. There's four sisters in this book, which, Mm -hmm. of course, really resonates with me because I have three sisters um, and myself, which makes us four sisters. But it's a good page turner it's a good beach book and yet there's some insight into uh relationships at, at the same time so it's a good combination and um yeah you the book that you're talking about um Kimberly sounds really really interesting I love mm-hmm. reading books that sort of expose and explore um our our ways mm-hmm. <laughs> of relating and comparing and um acting sometimes like we are the same age forever yeah (laughs) Mm. when it comes when it comes to groups of women especially i have to say you know how we behave and um pecking order and and making sure that you're included even at the risk of pushing somebody else out all that stuff oh yeah yeah if we don't watch that 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 keeps happening
4: that was like the book um big little lies i read that book which is also about friendship and i also just watched the hbo tv series of it uh which follows the book hmm, fairly closely they they made some changes there but if you're a purist you may not like that um but yeah that book is also a real page turner as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. that talks about about female friendship um the politics of mommy friends, uh, all that stuff. Very yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be, we're going to be talking about that on Friending very soon. So anyways, yeah, very similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds it's good. Yeah. It's convicting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I read, I read that a couple years ago. I um, do have it on my DVR, but I haven't watched it yet.
1: Good, well, little, good little, what is it? Big that? Little big, Lies.
4: Big Little Lies. Little by, Lies. Is it Leanne, Leanne. Moriarty? Moriarty. And how do you say it? Moriarty. Moriarty. See, I, I. This is my problem with authors. I just mess up their names all the time. But oh.
0: well, this is the evil guy good... in Sherlock Holmes. That's why I remember it.
4: Oh, okay. Well, it's a good. She's written a few books. Great, kind of mysteries, sort of like what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, and then, of course, the HBO series just came out. Re- Reese Witherspoon stars in it with Nicole Kidman. Oh, good. And Reese Witherspoon produced it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But if you are a purist and you read the book, be warned. They make some changes.
0: But I would have to say uh, anything by Lane Moriarty is great, especially for yes. a summer read. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely.
4: Which leads, easy.
0: Yeah. Um, another author who has great reads, great summer reads. And Kimberly Coyle told me about her was Kate Morton. Mm-hmm. Yep, She has a bunch of books. And I read her most recent one, The Distant Hours and i really enjoyed it it wasn't my favorite one and i don't know if it's because and maybe you could relate to this my new jersey people it's like the jersey shore towns the first one you go to oh, is always fine. your favorite oh, they're yeah. not set in the jersey shore um, but you know what i'm saying like so you compare everything else to it so like my yeah, first, yeah, yeah. my first my favorite book of hers is the first book i read from her
1: hmm.
0: and i love the other books too but it, i'm always comparing it to the first one yes yeah. So, yeah. but they're all excellent. I mean, that's I haven't true. read one that I wouldn't recommend. So those are good reads.
4: Yeah, that's, that's true. Good. Because Big Little Lies was my first Leanne, say it again? Oriardi. Moriarty. Moriarty. <clears throat> Moriarty. And then I read The Husband's Secret. Not as good in my, and now I, it is good. It's very enjoyable, but I, my heart is for Big Little Lies. Yeah. So I think yeah. you're right. I think you
0: do fall in love with the first book that you read of that yeah. author. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Usually. yeah. yeah.
1: Interesting theory. Um,
0: So speaking of Kimberly Coyle, she couldn't be with us today, but she sent along a message to tell us what her favorite books are and what she's been reading.
5: Okay, great. Hi, Slices of Life listeners. Um, I wanted to chime in on our books episode because books are something I love to talk about. And so I wanted to share my latest reads with you. Um, I was recently on vacation, and I was able to knock out a couple of books that were on my to-read list, and um, so I thought you might be interested in those as well. Uh, My first book that I wanted to share is a book of poetry, which um, is not everybody's cup of tea, but I do strongly recommend that everybody give it a try, at least um, find a poet that they enjoy. And the book that I've been reading is called The Jubilee, and it's written by John Blaze. And he is, um, I believe, an editor, possibly in publishing, in Christian publishing, and I believe he was a pastor at one point. But his poetry is beautiful, very, very accessible, very easy to understand, and um, definitely I feel a point of connection when I read his poetry. And that um, has been a wonderful book that I've just been taking a poem or two a day and kind of thinking over them and enjoying those um, I have two nonfiction recommendations. My first is One Unity in a Divided World by Deidre Riggs. This is a wonderful book about being a bridge builder um, in a world where we are burning bridges, especially um, in the church right now. There's a lot of division within the church and a lot of division within our country. And um, Deidre writes about being someone who practices reconciliation. And um, this book, I just finished it, and it is fantastic, really, really good. I love her perspective, it's very grace-filled, and I would highly recommend that if um, you find yourself at odds with other believers or at odds with people in your family or at odds with the world at large um, and how to seek unity in our divided world. My next recommendation is Anthony Doerr's book, Four Seasons in Rome. Anthony Doerr is actually the writer of um, All the Light We Cannot See, which is one of my favorite fiction books of all time and he wrote this beautiful nonfiction book about the year he spent living in Rome while he was writing All the Light We Cannot See and he was also a new dad to twin boys and he got a fellowship to um, live in Rome and to write for an entire year and this is this book was actually written in 2007 but I only just read it And um, it is absolutely stunning. His, his writing is so beautiful. But uh, as a former expat, I really appreciated his perspective on living in another country. And there were a lot of points that I just felt very connected to. And I thought, wow, yeah, that was very similar to my experience too. the experience of not being able to communicate with people um of feeling frustrated because nothing makes sense when you <laughs> step outside your home you can't read the signs you can't um understand ambient conversation and um i really connected with with his thoughts on that but i think it, it's a great book for any reader who wants to know more about life in italy know about the writing life or just life as a new dad as a new parent so that's um my other recommendation and my last i felt like i should recommend some fiction but i haven't been reading a lot of fiction lately um because when i do i get so sucked into it that i can barely function as a human being so i've been slowly making my way through um, the mysteries Uh, there's a series of mysteries written by louise penny and they're called the chief inspector gamache novels and i'm currently on i think number five "A trick of the light these novels are great they're set in canada and um there's a lot of french flavor to them Um, they're not gory they're really interesting she weaves in a lot of literary responses um not literary responses literary ideas she weaves in a lot of art and poetry and um, it's just good fun, good, good reading. I would caution a reader, though, who uh, might be a little bit on the sensitive side um, or has, you know, a sensitivity to maybe language or certain adult situations. Um, th- this might not be the series for you, but um, I am a big fan. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to making my way through, I think, all 12 of them. I'm not sure how many there are, but there are a lot. So I have a lot to look forward to. Alright readers, I'd love to know what you're reading. Um, please hop on our webpage
0: and on our Facebook page and share with us. Let us know what you're reading today.
4: So I'm awesome. S- yeah,
0: I'm super interested in Four Seasons in Rome. <laughs> Me mm-hmm. too. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I
4: always take a lot of Kimberly's recommendations for books. She's a, she's a great reader. Mm-hmm. So if she says a book is good, it's usually good.
0: Yeah. Alright, does anybody have anything else before we wrap up? Any more books?
1: Well, one other book that I have read through recently is Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. It's another oldie but goodie. Um, and I, my my daughter Katie was re- read it, passed it on to all of her sisters, <laughs> which is good and bad. Um, and I picked it up again, too, and I actually ordered a new one. And lo and behold, as I was going through my books in the basement, I found my old one, which is back from, I think it's 1992. So it's Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend, two psychologists. Really, really good book about boundaries in every relationship that you have. Boundaries with your husband, boundaries with your children, uh, boundaries with your friends, and really what it the reason it, it relates to all that is because it's it's really about boundaries and relationships. and, you know, what is our responsibility, and where do we need to uh, cut the line? When c- what can we say no to? What can we say yes to? And because I work with a lot of younger women, younger moms who are sort of, I, I just it's one of those things, again, where so much changes when we go from one phase of our life to another. Yeah. So when we go yeah. from the phase of not being a mom to becoming a mom, it's everything changes your relationships with your mother changes your relationship with your friends change, you know, it just does. And the same thing is true. I believe of going from a mom of children in the home to a mom of children outside of the home and sort of reconnecting with your husband and all that stuff that I've been through more recently. So it's just a great book to kind of get and keep on the shelf. And when, and I really, um, I just think it's extraordinarily helpful, and it is timeless as well. Everybody that I've recommended it to has found it really helpful. So I'm happy to have revisited it and happy to have it on my shelf and ready to go whenever I need to dip in again. They also have a series on, um, they broke down the Boundaries books into things like Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries with your children, with your teenagers, et cetera, et cetera.
4: I read it, and it was very helpful. Yeah,
1: I think so.
0: Yeah, I haven't read that one yet It's good, it's really good Alright, well I'm um, so glad that you guys joined us today To talk about books Because I already have a few that I'm going to be putting on my list Which is exciting Because for me there's nothing worse than getting to the end of a book Wanting to start something new And not having anything teed up Ready to go I find myself yep. spending too much time mm-hmm. online Trying to figure out what should come next Unsure of my choice But I'm excited about this
4: Yes, me too. Me too.
0: All right. So, Elise, why don't you wrap us up with our coaching challenge? Okay. So I've been thinking that um, a lot of us tend
1: to read the same kinds of books over and over, maybe fiction, maybe nonfiction, maybe even more specific than that. So my coaching challenge today is um, maybe take a look at the list of books that we've suggested and choose a book to read, particularly as the summer uh, approaches, that you wouldn't ordinarily read. I think that's a great exercise for broadening our mind and our perspectives. And that's it.
0: Yep. I think that's fantastic. So if you didn't get a chance to write these book titles down, don't worry. They're all going to be available in our show notes. And we'd love to hear what you're reading too. You can let us know on our Facebook page or on social media. We are around the web on Instagram and on Twitter as Circles of Faith.